1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kyle Lafferty is set to thrash out the terms of his Ibrox departure up this weekend. Neil Lennon's Celtic appointment looks set to drag into next week. And Aki's boss Brian Rice outlines his plans for the summer and ambitions for next season. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Well, Andrew, the season might be over. The honours may have been dished out, but long gone are the days where clubs shut down for a couple of weeks in this period to relax This is often clubs' busiest time of the season And for some players You'll see them going on holiday But for some players it's a worrying time We hear Kyle Lafferty uh, And talks about leaving Rangers As a Gary could be the same And they may get clubs further down the line But it's a tough old time for players out of contract And there's plenty of those in Scotland just now Big talking points Who will leave Celtic There's a long list of players Who may be going out the door and Rangers also, who will be leaving there? So plenty to talk about. And also, these these managers, Stephen Gerrard, Neil Lennon, will be starting to identify players to bring in because these Champions League qualifiers and Europa League qualifiers start in the first week of July. So how soon is that? I, I mean, it's incredible how football has changed. So it's important that these guys get their business done as quickly as possible. And if you want to get involved tonight, all you, did, all you need to do is give us a call 01419511025 on the phones or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. But you touched on it there, Mark. The end of May, this is the point where our contracts are running out. So, hmm. you know, it, it's a really awkward time for players, especially being away on holiday. Some of them don't know whether they're, they're coming or going. Yeah, it's a tough time. Listen, I, I had plenty of experience here, unfortunately, <laughs> where my contract had run out. Um, and it's an uncertain time. You know, the, the early part of my career where you're obviously on the rise and, and people are looking at you in terms of when I was at Dundee United, in terms of Celtic, it was it was a brilliant time. You go away on holiday and you enjoy it. However, I had the flip side of that, you know, when I left Celtic and I left Bristol City, where you're out of contract and you don't know where your next club's going to be. And I'm talking about guys who have had a good career up here, plenty caps. You know, the likes of Kyle Lafferty, Izzy Gary, Will get clubs There's no doubt about that But sometimes it drags on a wee bit Longer Than you anticipate So It's worrying times For these guys And also the guys who Who have been at the club And underperformed Who have a year Or two left How how are they going to Be when they come back Into pre-season Because the first week of pre-season Is so important Um you know, Neil Lennon's been there for a couple of months now, Stephen Gerrard obviously the full year, but there's no doubt these guys will make transformations to the squad. And some of the younger loan players and some of the guys who have been on the fringes, they'll be on their holidays just now, but they'll be thinking, have I got a place at this club when I come back? I may have a year, but if I'm not going to play football, I need to look elsewhere. And that is the thing, you know, with managers, obviously the guys at the contract, they need to decide what they want to do with them, but the ones that still have contracts at the club, we've seen... Players at certain teams that haven't kicked the ball for, for yeah. six months It's is it, Listen, it's a difficult job for a manager When you've got a player who's not part of your plans Who hasn't featured um, You know, I'm looking at guys like Gresda at Rangers Who brought in for a lot of money And he's obviously not part of the plans Because Steven Gerrard uh, is clearly signed players Who can play his position And will be ahead of him in the pecking order But how do you move him on? You know, it'll be on a, a hefty wage there And it's you're relying on the player to want to go and play first team football Rather than a player who wants to just sit And pick up a pay packet And obviously it helps the club If you can move them on the Rangers tried it, didn't work out 
it'd be helpful if Gerard can can move guys like that on, get the money to get guys who will, you know, make an impact in the squad. So that can be awkward for a manager. Um and it's it's going to be testing times. Neil Lennon's the same. He's got a he's got a full list of, of players that you know, I was marking them down. I, I count probably up to sixteen who who could be weaving um or not involved in the squad. That's a big number, that's a big turnaround. So no doubt he'll want to get started as quickly as possible and uh, assembling a, a squad that can you know, challenge for Champions League qualification. Well, one of the players that looks like their future is uncertain at the moment is Kyle Lafferty. It's understood that he will return to Glasgow this weekend to thrash out the terms of his Ibrox departure. It seems he's been told by Steven Gerrard he'll play no part next season and should find a new club. He's on holiday at the moment. He's due to fly back here before reporting for Northern Ireland duty next week. But before he meets up with Michael O'Neill's squad ahead of their qualifiers, he'll hold talks with his advisors and, and Rangers Chiefs to decide his future. It, it was an interesting signing at the time because at Hearts he'd done really well the season yeah. before 19 goals yeah. he, he looked in form even at the start of this season scored four Hearts against Celtic at yeah. Tynecastle yep. in the 1-0 win there Steven Gerrard brought him in a guy that, that knew the club he, he knew the league but it's it's not uh, worked out Listen I, I thought it was worth a gamble uh, you rightly say the way he'd started the season you know looked a, a real threat looked like a player who could play a number of positions for Rangers and I think Rangers needed that at the start of the season someone uh, who could be adaptable um, Someone who could be a target man um, A wee bit of difference If Steven Gerrard decided to play two up front Or if he decided to play You know a guy with a wee bit of height Off the left hand side Which he's shown he could do for hearts However When he came in It just didn't work out he, I think he found it difficult The lack of game time he was getting And I, and I do sympathise with that Because I can understand players Who their form does suffer if you turn up every week and you get named on the bench then your your form does suffer you know the head does drop and he never really recovered from that um, Kyle Lafferty and you know he's had a fantastic Rangers career in the past but there's no doubt in my mind that it will suit both parties to move on I mean there were, there were even promising signs at the start of his, his Rangers career he, I'm sure it was a, a double he came on and, and scored against Motherwell yeah, he, he part, scored against yeah. Villarreal as well so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, a case of not being able to, to shift Morelos out of the team I, either. Again, when, when he started, you're thinking, this is going to work. You know, it, it looks like a good fit. He knows the club. And I, I always thought that was the, one of the, the best things about bringing him in. You know, he was another player who knew how to win things. And I thought at the time, the Rangers squad didn't really have that. You know, they were still trying to assemble a, a decent squad. And I thought bringing him in... I would just let the other players know what it was about Having been so successful before But again, when you've got a guy in front of you Who's scoring 30 goals a season uh, You know, and, and his all-round quality and hold-up play Is probably better than yours You know, no doubt Lafferty has the height in him And he's better early It's going to be difficult to shift him And, and unfortunately for Kyle Lafferty He found himself on the bench And then at the latter end Not even in the squad I'm sure he would have found it hard to take Because I'm pretty sure he, he loved the club and he, he loved everything that he achieved with the club before but like I say I, I think he's still at the stage for his international career he'll want to move on and have first team football elsewhere and with him on the way out Stephen Gerrard will need someone to fill his place as well well he will um, I mean there's no doubt about that I think you need uh, Brendan Rogers said it before uh, as well I think you need three three top strikers if you're going to be successful you need three top strikers I think Celtic get away with it you know when Dembele left and Griffiths was, was out with his problems they get away with having Edward and Mikey Johnson however I think um, like I say if you're going to battle on all fronts like Rangers are Europa League 
you know, both cup competitions and put up a serious challenge to Celtic, they're going to need three strikers. Now, then when you look at Morelos, will he move on? He may need to add someone else. So, uh, again, recruitment is key. No doubt, I think Stephen Gerrard would have would have uh, identified targets just now. It's just whether they can go out and get them before these qualifiers start. Well, one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to come on the phone, that's exactly what John, a Rangers fan in Paisley, has done. John, what's your point tonight? My point is, Kyle Lafferty. Lafferty can just sit there for a year. No, I mean, sit there and take his wage for a year. And that's a good wage he's probably on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, he's what you're saying, he's come down to thrash out. He doesn't really need to thrash out, does he? He can actually sit there and do it. Some players can. Some people do like to do it. Gravison done it. Bobo Baldi done it. People Aye. could just sit there and take their wage. And I can understand what you're saying they want to play, but if you're getting a good wage and you don't have to go, why would you? No, listen, John, I, I said at the start there that I think managers are relying on a bit of goodwill from the players. I mean, goodwill as in terms of they they want to further themselves. Now, Kyle Lafferty, I think he'll have aspirations to still play international football. So you would think he would want that to continue. You know, and to continue international football, he's got to be playing first team football. So I, I, I get that the bargaining is, is all in his favour. You know, he could just sit there. Um, but at the same time, I would I would still think he would want to you know, go somewhere else. Remember, if he gets if he gets a, if he gets half his money that he's owed for the year, he can actually make money at this. He can go and get a, a decent club with a decent wage that works out over the year that he's actually earning more money. So there's ways to do it that you can be clever about it. Um, but it, listen, you're totally right. Managers depend on the player want to go away and play if he's if he's got no ambition and he's just want to sit there. There's nothing you can do. I mean, you can take him out and run him out every day, but you're still not going to get rid of him. Mark, what about Mark? See the youth players or academy players, because obviously there's all these people saying, "What happens to the young boys that have been there for six, six, been there for six year old up to 16, 18 and then get wrapped for a hat? What happens to the young boys?" Is this in terms of everywhere, all round? Everywhere, every club. You know what I mean? Because they all take these pro youth players and all that, and some of them are not going to make it. Yeah, and they just wrap them like a hat. No, I mean, unless yeah. you're Kyle Lafferty and Azagiri, they've had a career. What happens to the young boys? No, I mean, where do they, where, no, I mean, because it's what you're saying, they're signing players. What, what about these young boys that have been fed, fed out that have been there for years and well, all of a sudden just get dropped? What, what, who picks the pieces up for them? Well, listen, it's it's a, it's a hard subject to approach that one because the the pro youth system um, came in when I was when I was 14, so I just caught the, caught the start of it. And I don't think it entirely worked great. You know, a lot of players who, like you say, sat for a couple of years, and I'm talking under 14, 15, 16 football, and didn't get any football. And, you know, their development is really stopped in its tracks. Whether boys club football, I felt, you know, gave yourself a chance, then top teams would come and pop game when you were 16, and then you were in the first team environment. However, the the way the way you look at it now, especially at Celtic and Rangers, the guys who, who don't make it genuinely fall generally fall down the divisions and you see them getting fed to to you know first second you know division clubs and then they try and build themselves up and there has been the occasional success story I mean we're reading about it just now one of the guys is going to play in the Champions League final on Saturday Andy Robertson released by Celtic too small too slight Got dropped Craig all the way Hacker. down the boy Craig Hacker he's going to Harps exactly I mean Again, it's different players bring different things. Some players peak when they're old, uh, when they're younger, and 
are standouts and get put right into the first team and the fans of them. Some have to drop down a couple of divisions to build themselves back up. Some falling out the game entirely. But I, I'm guessing it's like any other trade. I mean, any other any other job. I suppose you get young kids leaving school and get into this. I think, and then dropping out because they they don't quite make it. Football's a slightly harsher environment, but I don't think it's much different to anywhere else. But as I say, some drop down to build themselves back up, and we've got the prime example on Saturday night with Liverpool. John, going back to Kyle Lafferty, it looks as if he's on his way out. Is the striking area an area that you hope Stephen Gerrard uh, brings in players in this window? Well, the amount of goals we scored by the end of last season, I mean, they seem to be scoring goals for fun. So, you know, I mean, maybe he needs one or two, but do you think that's... A, I think we probably... We've got an abundance of wingers. and I know I don't think so. Could you be Jack Casey, you've got Ryan Jowett. If they can all pitch in with goals, no. I don't think we have to. I think probably in the middle of the park and a central defender is probably the places where we, we nearly need to a, career, a more creative middle of park man. But up front, no, no, with the two young boys coming in. If they can pitch in with the four, Arfield, Morelos, where, who, I mean, you get Jamie Murphy. Many more do we need, no, I mean, people who can all chip in with goals. Don't think we need to go there. Well, that's the thing. Jamie Murphy, I think, is, is a big one. He was he was a, a player that I thought would have a really big season last year and obviously the injury just curtailed. So he'll be like a brand new signing. You wonder if Doran's, what, what future he has at Rangers, a quality player in his day, but you wonder if injuries has hampered him. And then John just says, along with the signings who have come in, young Zach Rudden as well, I mean, he's come back from Falkirk, you wonder what future he's got. But I just think if... if Rangers are serious about stopping Celtic doing nine in a row. I think they need three quality strikers. Now, they've got two proven ones just now and Morelos and Defoe. But like I say, Morelos could be on his way out. I think they need another one in there. Well, thank you to John and Paisley. 01419511025 if you want to get involved on the phone. Speaking of Rangers recruitment, Archie Knox believes Rangers summer recruitment has to be top notch if they want to stop Celtic making it nine in a row. Knox was assistant to Walter Smith for much of the nine in a row era and uh, he says Stephen Gerrard moves in this transfer window are vital. They've got to have a team that's capable of challenging Celtic. Uh, Celtic, uh, the last game at um, Ibrox then they certainly certainly weren't in a position to, to challenge that day because they had a few players missing and uh, people forget that and albeit a, a boost for Rangers but I think in the close season you'll see some comings and goings on both sides now it's the recruitment bit that uh, I'll decide who can maybe uh, manage to do because it's as important to one as it is to the other now Rangers have to try and stop Celtic getting the nine in a row and uh, Celtic have got to try and get on to that bit where they can maybe go for the ten. So the recruitment, because there'll be a number of players I'll, uh, I believe in both clubs and then what type of player or the quality of player that uh, they both bring in will be, will be vital to what, the, what they're able to achieve next season. You touched on an interesting point before that mark on Jamie Murphy. Obviously missed most of the season, had a relatively good start to last season with this new system that Steven Gerrard's been employing of the sort of more narrow forwards it kind of seems as if that could maybe suit Jamie yeah. Murphy yeah I, I think so um, you know Steven Gerrard's like to play the one up front where you know two kind of the old inside right where we are field and 
uh, and you had Kent out there on the left. But Jamie Murphy can play, I think, any of those positions. I think he's proved that in the past. Um, but you know what Archie Knox was saying there? Recruitment key. Key for both teams. And, and Rangers, you know, I think need a, a number of players as much as Celtic. I know they finished the season strongly. But still, I think there's problems in the centre-half area. I still think there's problems at left-back, even though Flanagan came in and done a decent job. Barisic bought for a lot of money, looked promising when he came in, but you kind of get him on the park, which is going to be a problem. So I think they need to sort that out first. Then the striking problem comes. The midfield, I think, is is totally fine. You've got you know an overload of midfielders there, and I think the way they, they finish the season... They look very, very strong with the addition of Kamara. So recruitment for Rangers, I think the back line um, would need freshened up and, and one up there to help the other guys uh, up front. And Celtic, again, a number of positions. You know, you're looking at right back, centre half, left back, possibly another left midfielder, possibly another striker to help out, you know, Griffiths and Edward. So both teams um, have got a real job in their hands and especially Celtic just now because... They've just offered Neil Lennon the job, but the head of recruitment is also key. And not having that in place at the minute, where there's such important games coming on, I think is a problem. So they need to act on that as quickly as possible. I think Neil and, and the, the board would have identified targets. However, I think you still need a head of recruitment there for for further down the line. Um, so hugely important time, as I said at the start of the show, there's no such thing as a holiday in football, especially when you're at the top like Stephen Gerrard and Neil Lennon. 0141951 if you want to get involved. We'll be talking about Neil Lennon after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And Mark, you were talking about how players don't get a rest really over summer anymore. You're not getting a rest either because no. Nervous Driver's on Twitter. Oh, well, he's not. <laughs> he said, seen Mark nervous. Wilson in Tesco Cumbernauld haggling at the till to get money off his shopping. <laughs> Manager said no and he stormed off in a right huff mumbling, I'm sick of this. <laughs> Do you stand up for yourself? I said, no, I, listen, I can't get away from this guy. I cannot get away. See, when I meet people out in the street and they, oh, I love the show and that. Uh, do you know that nervous driver? I say I don't know him. I, I, the guy just gives me all year round. So I guess summer holidays is no different. By the way, how much is the nickname Mushroom ruined your life oh, up to this point? Without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> I when I started taking my kids to school and uh, you know parents started calling me Mushroom and things <laughs> like that. I think that's when <laughs> I wished it had never came up, Andrew. But hey ho, you know, some as soon as something gets mentioned in this show. We've got that many listeners that tends to stick with you. So there you go. There we go. The mushroom there himself, yep. right? Well, we'll turn to Celtic, shall we? Because many thought that the appointment of Neil Lennon was was going to be a quick appointment. He was obviously offered the the job on Saturday after the Scottish Cup final. He said he was likely to accept it, but it looks as if the annou- or any announcement on Neil Lennon won't be happening until next week, Mark. Well, well, listen, I can't, I, I can't see Neil turning the job down. Um, it was very frantic after the game. I thought it was the right thing to do after the game. I, I thought if it dragged on until Monday and there was still no announcement, it may have been a wee bit flat. But after the euphoria I went in the, the treble treble, I thought it was right for Peter Lowell to come out um, and, and say. However, if it's not been made really official, you know, you would think Neil would look to 
to to seek what the budget is, you know, what he's going to be given in in terms of personnel, how to move forward. Um, because this is, I mean, probably the most important year uh, in Celtic's history. Um, you know, to to match nine in a row and and to put the foundations in if they can do that to go on and clinch ten in a row. Is hugely important And the man that takes that on Which is Neil Lennon just now Has a huge responsibility And it can go two ways You know if he fails He's always remembered as a man Who's failed to do it But I believe he is a man to do it I believe he knows how to win trophies um, He knows how to win league titles He knows how to bring in good players And I think that's why he was given the job He also got Celtic over the line And I understand there was criticism But when you look at his past record I think Peter Lawwell and the board has taken that into consideration and, and thought he's the right man to take Celtic over that nine in a row. 01419511025 if you want to get on the phones. That's exactly what Paul, a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillich, has done. Paul, how are you tonight? Hey, hi, hi, guys. Hi, Paul. What's your point tonight, Paul? Uh, my point's really uh, for Mark, just echoing what he said. Uh, Mainly my feeling now that Neil Lennon's been offered the job, or we've taken the job, is, uh, is released to be honest. Uh, I was listening the other night and there was some calls, and one of the, the calls that I recall said that it ruined his Saturday night to hear that Neil Lennon had got the job after Celtic had just lifted the cup and completed the treble treble. Now, the, for, the, for me, the feeling is relief. Uh, even without being a big Neil Lennon fan, if you take that, if you look at candidates, right, so I'm a season ticket holder, I'm a shareholder, and you put your trust in Dermot Desmond and Peter Lawwell. So you look at all the boxes that Neil Lennon ticks. Uh, he's an eye for a player, he's a winner, he's won stuff, which a lot of the guys that people were wanting had never won anything, really, including Brendan Rodgers. He had never really won anything major. And so... If you look back at Celtic, took a bit of a risk with Brendan Rodgers. If you look at Neil Lennon, he's he's everything that Celtic need, in my opinion. It's not a chance. Now, I've not a crystal ball. I don't know if he won the league. I think he won the league. If you look at his past record, all the major signings that he's done, apart from Dembele, have been done, really, with Neil Lennon. Champions League record's great. And I'm just relieved that they've offered Neil Lennon it. Well, listen, Paul. I yeah, I can't agree more with you there. Um, I'd I'd been saying on the show for a number of weeks in the lead up to to the end of the season that I thought he was a man for purely all the reasons that you've just said there. You know, the Celtic squad. Um, you know, Brendan had 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 made him play in a certain way, and it was it was great to watch. But it wasn't Neil Lennon's way, and I thought it was difficult. Argued with Gordon Dale in the show. He thought it was a walk in the park coming in and just. Seen Celtic over the line But I mean I, I totally disagreed with that Coming in And in his first day Going into the dugout At Tynecastle And Getting a 2-1 victory You know In the last minute And then You know Games against Rangers At Celtic Park Where the pressure was really on But he got over the line um, Against Rangers with 10 men Semi-final against Aberdeen In the cup You know Again has to get the job done So it wasn't a gimme that he was going to win the treble Or he was going to race clear in the league He done it because he was a good manager And he came out himself saying He didn't want to change too much Because 
He didn't want to upset things But he still got the players playing and winning And I think that shows a good coach And next year I think it will be different A lot of the criticism from fans that have called the shows About the style of play But I think it will be different If you look back to the way Neil Lennon's Hibs teams played And especially when they came to Celtic Park and Ibrox No fear You know played um, Refreshing attacking football uh, And got their rewards at both places If you look back at Neil Lennon's team um, when he was first in charge And I was I, I was part of that for a, a, a wee while It was brilliant to play in He was a brilliant coach on the training pitch He made you feel You know 10 foot tall at times He could bring you down No doubt about that But he made you feel 10 foot tall And it was a joy to play in When I left I enjoyed watching his sides That's why next season I think it'll be a totally different style of football When he's the main man He knows it's his club now It'll be his players who he attracts, who brings in, and he can control. Always feel a bit that he was he was just, you know, not, I was going to say scared, but he didn't want to really go into these players because they weren't his, but he still got them to win. So, again, what Paul says there, he knows a player to bring in as well, and that's a big plus ball. And plus, the relationship he's already got with Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond is great. I know he left before, but it's always been good. So I think that speaks volume. If everything is good behind the scenes, you see a successful team. When you've seen Brendan Rodgers and the spat that him and Peter Lawwell had at the, the start of last season, I think you've seen Celtic suffer because when everything's not right off the pitch, I think the team suffers. And I think everything will be right come the start of the season behind the scenes. Paul, you said there was relief when Neil Lennon got off of the job. How important for you was it that the Celtic board acted quickly to get their man? Well, really important because... Uh, if it wasn't I mean just to look at this again so Neil Lennon came in in February so he's had the best part of four months to assess the squad and see what it needs uh, if he that again is a massive he's already he started his job he started looking for players he started you know what recruitment they need yeah well he came uh, out and said that didn't he Paul he came out and said that a number of months yeah. ago he was part of the recruitment yeah and that continuity will be key mark, won't it? See, I mean, it's got to be. I, I, well, I was surprised when he came out and actually made that public. When he came out and made that public, it kind of signalled to me that he must know he's, he's in the driving seat for this job. I mean, Peter and whoever on the board must have said to him, you're part of this. You're, you're you know, in the driving seat to take his own. And it, it shows, but you're right. It's Paul's right. He's definitely got a head start. Well, thanks to Paul. We'll stick with the phone, shall we? Michael is a Celtic fan in Hamilton. Michael, what do you make of it all? Uh, hi, guys. Um, my point is about Scott Brown, to be honest with you. That's, that's what my point's about. Um, I'm just kind of, I'm a Celtic fan, season big holder. And I like Scott Brown. I love Scott Brown, everything he's led to the club and how long he's been here and all that. Um, his commitment, you can't question anything about him, you know what I mean? But for me, I kind of feel that it's time for him to kind of not play as much of a you know, a first team role that he's been playing over the last kind of couple of seasons. I feel like this season that just went past there, for example, the football for me was a lot better when Scott Brown actually had a spell of injury. Um, there was about seven or eight weeks we played teams like Hearts and Berlin 5 0, Kamarnock 5 0, and we beat Leipzig 2 1 at home, uh, went to Hamilton 1 3 0. There was all these good results we were getting without Scott Brown the team. and I know it's not just so that it's got Brown, but I feel like I feel like he's he kind of slows down a lot of our play in the middle of the park. You know, I mean, a lot of it's two, three, four touches before he looks for the pass, and the majority of passes are kind of sideways or backwards. You know what I mean? And sometimes you'll find himself dropping 
in between the centre backs too during matches. And when Brian Christie was playing beside Carl McGregor with Tom Rogers just in front, our play was a lot quicker. You know what I mean? It was a lot more fluid, and we were cutting teams open a lot more. And the football was a lot better to watch. And then all of a sudden, Scott Brown. You know, I mean, no harm him, but I feel like sometimes because he, because he's captain, he gets like an automatic place as soon as he's fit. He was back in the team again after that spell, and we drew one each away in Motherwell. The first game we was back. We then went to Pataudry. We won four three, tight before tight game, and then of course we went to Ibrox, and it was a disaster. It was well, the whole team played terrible, okay, but I just feel like we played a lot better without him in the team, and uh, I don't think Neil Lennon's ever ever going to drop him, regardless of how poor he plays. No matter how bad his form is, I don't see Neil ever taking him out of the team. And uh, I think that could be a major problem going ahead next season uh, in the middle of the park. Michael, I, I, I do think, and I've said before earlier on this season, that I, I don't know if Scott will play as many games as he as he has done over a season um, under Brendan Rodgers in, in that season there. Um, I do agree with you in a sense that Celtic did play good football when Callum McGregor just dropped in there and it looked quicker for a period but, I mean, we we put it out there uh, on the show at the time. You know, it was a, a big talking point with the Rangers game coming up. Um, who would you rather have in that midfield? Would you leave Scott Brown out or would you not? And a lot of people says, of course, the captain has to be in the middle of the park. Now, nobody foreseen that every single player had an absolute nightmare that day. Um, but I still think he, he is an integral part of the squad. I, I look back uh, in the cup final when Celtic went down 1-0, and he looked like he was the one that was driving things on. You know, he had a few bursts into the box, was running about, and he's the one one player I think all the others look to 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 drag them through when things aren't going right. My worry would be if you take him out the team, in terms of leaders, who have you got? And people say, Well, it's maybe not all about leaders. I still think you need somebody in there. When things aren't going well, you know, and and you're getting overrun. Or you're just not at it for the first 15 minutes He's the one that your Callum McGregor's, James Forrest Whoever, Odson Edward All up to, to, to pull them through I, I don't think he'll play 55 games, 60 games Purely because the age he is And I think there'll be other younger players in about there But I still think he's he is an important part of that squad uh, Well See the thing is, like you know, the, the whole contract situation. He was all he was out of contract, obviously, until he got the new two year deal. Yeah. But before that happened, he was actually the only kind of offer he had on the table was Australia. Like that was where he was going. That was the only kind of major offer that he had the A League. So that shows me the kind of standard that he's at now. Where you know, I mean, there wasn't really any other clubs. Uh, he admitted it himself actually in a press conference there. Uh, he he's, uh, he's, he's, he's thirty three, Michael. He's thirty three. This is what I'm saying. He's, he's not going to go to the, the Premiership now. I. But this is my point. So why should we be playing a player in our midfield next season, going to the Champions League qualifiers, biggest games of the season that would have been otherwise playing his trade in the A League of Australia if it wasn't for us giving a new two year contract? Why should we play a player like that who you know what I mean wouldn't have been playing at a high level? I anymore? still think. I still think in Champions League games. When you've got him holding there in the middle of the park, he doesn't need to run. He doesn't need to bomb past the strikers. He can control and dictate play. I think you still need somewhere in there uh, like him. And looking at looking at all the players just now, Callum McGregor, brilliant in there. That picking passes and starting play like a quarterback. I don't think he can. I don't think he can. Uh, you know, stop the play or break up play of attacking teams like Scott Brown can. That's why I think he's so important. Final point to you, Michael. 
Yeah, but just about. But see, if you look at the big performances and big results we've actually had in Europe over the last few seasons or whatever, a lot of the games Scott Brown didn't even play in. Like the big one, obviously, under Neil Lennon, Barcelona 2-1 game. Yeah, it wasn't Scott Brown involved, didn't, yeah. didn't play, didn't play a minute in that. The game at home there this season against Leipzig, we beat them 2-1. Scott Brown didn't play a minute of that. And the games he did play in, we were drawing 0-0 half-time with Salzburg at home. And uh, Scott Brown came on the second half, we lose 2-1. The game that. was 0-0, and it was in the balance, and then he comes on the second half. So it was two one, and then the Valencia home game. I was at that game, and that was like that was the game for me where Scott Brown. I don't even remember. It was a period of play. It was only about three minutes. He passed the ball at the park three times under no pressure, no mm. pressure whatsoever. Passed the ball at a play, and that set the tempo for the rest of the game. You know, what I mean, <laughs> Valencia looking at that, they're thinking, "This is your captain. He's not even able to make a straightforward pass." You know what I mean? With putting the ball at a play, etc. So that just gives them confidence. And uh, honestly, I think that if Neil Lennon decides to go with him. Like for the majority of games next season, and doesn't like kind of have the bottle to drop him. I think we're in trouble. I really, I really, really do. I honestly think we're in trouble next season if we don't drop Scott Brown because I think that um, I just think that he's going to cost us big time. You know what I mean with the way he plays, etc. I think he's too negative now. The way he plays, so I don't know. New has got a big decision to make, but that's my opinion. I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll do it. I don't think they'll drop him regardless of his form. For as long as he's fit, I think Scott Brown will always play, no matter what, unless he's injured. So. That's my worry about next season with Neil Lennon, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Well, thank you to Michael and Hamilton there. 01419511025 if you want to get involved on the phones. We'll have more of your calls after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We had Michael on the phone just before they are talking about Scott Brown. It's got people talking on Twitter. Joseph says, I do agree with that guy's point. We play better football without him, but you need Brown in there. A couple sticking up for Scott Brown as mm. well. Oh, listen, it's a fair. Michael was making a fair point because uh, when Cal McGregor was in there, especially at home, and he was playing that quarterback role where he was threading balls through and Celtic looked quick on the attack. It all looked good. I just think in the, in the tougher games, you know, in the games against Rangers, I understand he wasn't great along with the rest of the players at Ibrox, but in the games in the past against Rangers, European games, and I'm talking not just this season, I'm talking his full record of European games, He's the one guy who can control the midfield and, and break up attacks for Celtic. So I think he's he's still a hugely important part of that squad. Well, the transfer window not far away. So we've been talking transfer options. 01419511025 if you want to get on the phones. That's exactly what Ross in air has done. Ross. Good evening, panel. How are you guys? Hey, Ross. Oh, good, Ross. What's your point tonight? Um, I was just wanting to talk about the set of transfer options for Rangers. And I wanted to say again your thoughts on them. Um, so my, my personal opinion is that considering how we ended the season, I'd probably be only looking for sort of two larger signings. Um, obviously, there's sort of two positions that were specified were the left back and the centre back. Now, I wanted to know what you thought about if Rangers were to go in for not if the players would want to come to us, but what you would think if Rangers were to go in for Greg Taylor and John Suter. Do you think they would suit the team, and do you think it's this sort of, um, signing that Rangers could afford? Ross, um, first and foremost, I think there'd be two quality additions. I'm I'm big fans of both of them. Um, I also wouldn't see it as a a, a problem for Rangers in in terms of afford, affording them. I think perhaps maybe 
Hearts would look for a wee bit more for John Souter because he's international recognition now. But John Souter um, played with him at Dundee United. Um, very confident lad. Played lovely football. Made a few mistakes so it was a learning curve but I think playing beside Christoph Berra has certainly helped him come along mm. and he's he's got international recognition now and the more he's involved with those players at international level he'll get better so I think he would fit Greg Taylor I've been a big fan of for a, a good while now good fit you know getting international recognition now and it's a position two positions you're totally right Ross that Rangers need to fill got Barisic there who looked decent but again you can't get him on the park Flanagan a right foot at left back just upsets the balance a bit so I think if you brought those two in they would be very good signings it's whether Kelly and Hearts will let them go on the cheap but I mean you think Rangers with a prospect of stopping nine in a row and strengthening those would be players that they could afford Well that's exactly it and I think they're players that they definitely know the league as well um, so you're not yeah. taking too much of a risk there um, particularly with Greg Taylor I think um He's athletic, he likes to sort of push forward up a wee bit as well. Um, yeah, I, I think he would be... Uh, he and would the other thing is as well, if he's got Jordan Jones, you know, playing mm. there, it sometimes helps if you get a guy who you've just had an outstanding season with the year before, playing in the same team, you know, you get that wee understanding. Um, you know, it's... Uh, you know, if you look at the, the other side of the city, speaking about Celtic briefly, Scott Sinclair, Kieran Tierney, had that relationship for a couple of years. And it helps as a fullback. I know that myself. So, um, yeah, I, I think they'd be very, very good signings. But do you, do you think it's it's possible, Ross yourself, for Rangers to to prize him away for Kelly and and Hearts? Well, I mean, I do. Yeah, I think Rangers probably have the financial clout to do it. Um, and considering they were looking at that Mexer um, fella, um, if we're looking at him, then I think yeah, John Suter was definitely somebody you could go for. But. Um, one one thing I, I do think about is I've heard obviously that um, John Souter wouldn't be interested, um, whereas I think Greg Taylor would be. Um, I, you can see why he'd be, he'd be getting sort of European football, mm-hmm. um, playing with a couple of, sort of players that he knows. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd see that as definitely a goal as well. I've got to say, if if John Souter is is offered to go to Rangers, uh, you know, and Hearts accept it, I can't see John Souter having a problem. You know, he's wanting to stay in the international fold. And playing European football and playing beside better players like you would at Rangers and under Steven Gerrard would improve him. So I, I don't think for one minute John Souter would would turn that move down if it got offered to him. Well, thank you to Ross and Air. Let's stick with the phones. Gary's in Shettleston. Gary. All right, boys. Hi, Gary. Uh, a, wee, a wee point to Mark. Yep, on you go. All right, listen, Mark, my hero. Steady on, steady on, Gary. <laughs> Mark, I've said this for years. When you came to Selly, always said, you know what? He's like Jackie back the manor. If that's a compliment, I don't know. Right? Oh, listen. Well, I would be, but if, if I was as good as him, I would have lasted another four or five years, Gary. But thanks anyway. Uh, we were doing yeah, names where you could regret in the back of your shirt recently. Did you ever have Wilson on the back of your top, <laughs> Gary? Yeah, definitely. That was Mark. Anyway, Mark, talk about Neil Lennon. After Rogers left and Neil Lennon uh, left Hibs at the time, do you think when Rogers left, Neil Lennon was the only answer in what all these names that came up with Moyes and mm. the other managers that came up, right? Do you think it was Neil Lennon at the time? 
Um, I think well When Rodgers left I thought he was The only man That could take over In terms of Tynecastle The very next night um, I still do think The board Were assessing things um, However I think When they looked at it And they seen him winning Not playing particularly well But still winning They knew he had What it takes I think even just seeing him Back round the club again You know Peter Lawwell And, and the rest of the guys Would have realised This is a guy This is a guy For us to take us forward So um, of course The speculation wasn't coming from Celtic It was coming from You know Shows like ours Where we speak about Potential You know Rafa Benitez and Moyes And that coming in In newspapers It wasn't coming from Within Celtic So I th- I honestly think In the last couple of weeks Of the season They'd made up their mind And I, I still believe He would have got the job Had Celtic lost that cup final Gary is he the Man to take Celtic forward for you? Yes definitely Aye Especially this the situation we'll be now for this next two year anyway. He what? knows what he's not he knows what it's all about. Neil Lennon knows what it's all about. Uh, we've got two years to do this. And Neil Lennon's a man for me you now. Well, now you get year one out of the way first, Gary. That's that's the thing for Celtic. That's the thing. A lot of people are looking at this ten in a row. Nine in a row uh, for oh, Celtic is the is the priority and they need to get it right and they need to start properly. They can't mm-hmm. fall behind, you know, if Rangers make signings Celtic can't have a slow start to the season They need to start quickly And that's imperative for Neil Lennon Final point to you Gary uh, Well as you said Mark We can't we can't look at 10 We have to look at 9 first hmm. We'll look at 10 next year If it's hard if we get 9 But right now prior is just to get 9 Forget about 10 Get 9 Well thank you to Gary in Shettleston Mark when you look at Neil Lennon going forward How much pressure Going into this job When there's been three trebles yeah. Beforehand How much pressure is he under next season? Well uh, listen Huge pressure But uh, Again uh, I've repeatedly said Celtic will lose a cup game Somewhere along the line Now I think The more realistic Celtic fans Realise this And I think when they're looking at next season I'm not sure If they're bothered About another treble They would love it But I'm not sure It would be the end of the world If they couldn't get it The priority is the league And that's the way All Celtic fans should think From the start of the season European football Great It brings excitement And passion And noise to Celtic Park But the priority The number one In Neil Lennon's mind Is getting that ninth title in a row And you look at Sort of recruitment Getting players in early Scott Brown himself Said recently that You know European football Is, is what they need to focus on Now Do you think that Is the case within the club? Concentrating on European football now Yeah well they need to recruit for the, the qualifiers No doubt about that No it's a hard route into the Champions League You've seen the disappointment last season When they failed And again it brings excitement It brings colour playing at that Champions League level But once that's out the way The qualifiers That has to be the league And that's why I'm saying they have to start fast Whether uh, you know From the first weekend of the league season They have to be right in the money Because this Rangers team will be improved well, thank you to Gary in Shettleton and thank you to everyone else joining us on the phones and getting involved on Twitter tonight. We're back again tomorrow night, six until seven. Plenty more football chat throughout the summer. Calm Gallagher's up next with all the latest hits. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.